And the first thing to note in your mind is that these are exercises from God himself. And as I go through this list, I want you, and, and I'm just going to categorize them in little chunks, but I want you to look at, and basically there are 10 different areas that Paul points out to Timothy that he was supposed to pay attention to in his life. Kind of like, you know, watch out for your cholesterol and watch out for your blood pressure and, you know, avoid this and that. This is the prescription systematically that God gives him that I want to go through with you. And basically, these spiritual exercises God is, is giving to Timothy through Paul, but really, as we'll see by the time we get to verse 11, they're going right through Timothy to all of us. And this is really a time. You talk about sitting and reflecting on what's important for the year ahead. This has got to be as high in the list as you can get because this is God saying, this is what I'd love you to have as a part of your life in the year ahead. Number one, God said to Timothy, you need to, in the first six verses, expose evil doctrines and teachers. In other words, Timothy, you should be able to know when a doctrine is, and if you look what it says in verse 1, when it's from a deceiving spirit and a doctrine of demons. What do deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons always do? They deny the deity of Christ. They deny that Jesus Christ is God in human flesh. Okay, let's apply that, Timothy. If someone comes to your door, two of them, and they have a little name badge on, they're wearing white shirts, and they're clean cut, they deny Jesus is God in human flesh. What they're knocking on your door with is a doctrine of demons. See, that's, we have to start understanding what the Bible says. And if they come carrying a black suitcase and they're two by two, and they say that they're Jehovah's witnesses, you can say, no, you're Jehovah's false witnesses because Jesus Christ is God in human flesh. So you have to be able to understand and expose evil and false doctrine and teaching. And the same is true. Another demon doctrine is Islam. Does Islam believe Jesus Christ is God, the Son in human flesh? No, they do not. That's a doctrine of demons. It's denying the truth of God. So Timothy, understand that. Secondly, look at verse 6 at the end of it. After this, what you are against, it's what you're for with all of your heart. You should be a good minister, nourished in the words of faith. Timothy, nourish your own soul. You Don't just rely on being related to Paul, you know, as your spiritual father. Nourish your soul. Next, look at verse 7. Timothy, reject everything that's profane and empty. Profane and empty living. Reject that. Don't have anything to do with it. Now, that's fascinating when we think about today, but we won't think about today for a little while, but that means in the first century there must have been profane areas that were alluring and empty areas of wasting time. And he said, Timothy, don't get into that. Next, look at verse 7, the second part. Pursue personal godliness. Don't just do corporate, you know, because Timothy was a pastor. Don't just try and see Ephesus, which happened to have been the largest church of the ancient world, Eusebius tells us, and Timothy pastored. Don't just work on making the first church at Ephesus great. You, you, Timothy, pursue personal godliness. The next one, verse 11. Don't just study all this. Command and teach, Timothy, others. Look at what verse 11 says. This this message, these things I'm telling you, command 
and teach. Those are both imperatives. He says you are to look people in the eye and kind of like the doctor in the doctor's office, you be a representative of God and tell people this is how God wants you to live. I'm living it. That's, that's what verse 7 is about, personal godliness through 10. So Timothy could say, I'm experiencing this. Is, and by the way, Timothy was a struggler. He was fearful. He cried a lot. Uh, he struggled with doubts. He wanted to quit all the time. I mean, Paul said, uh, I, I know all of your struggles. He was also sick. He was weak. But Paul said, you're not perfect, but you're to pursue godliness. And imperfect people pursuing godliness are go to other imperfect people and tell them that's what God expects from me and you. See, that element was the personal discipleship that everyone, just because Timothy was a you know, pastor of this vast church didn't mean he didn't have a personal duty, as every believer has, to be involved in shaping other believers' lives in the Word. So he says, command and teach others to follow godliness. It doesn't stop there. Look at verse 12. Live an exemplary life. Whether you're in Ephesus or far away, live in such a way that you exemplify how Christ would live in that culture, in that location, in that arena, in that event, in that whatever. Exemplify Christ. Boy, it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 13. Attend to your personal mastery of God's Word. Did you know all of us master something? You can tell what people master. They talk about it all the time. They master woodworking. They master, you know, outdoor living. They master recreational arts. They master financial arts. They master communication. They master social media. They master computer and digital things. I mean, whatever it is, it's, you just know it. If you're around them long enough, they get excited about it. They talk about it. They show it to you. They, they, they just can't stop talking about whatever it is they've mastered. I mean, they can take an old clunker and soup it up so, you know, it can go from zero to 60 and whatever, but they've mastered. Or they can cling to one of those longboards, you know, and do amazing things, but they have invested the time to master something. You know what God says, Timothy? Attend to your personal mastery of God's Word. Every one of us are not supposed to say, oh, I have, you know, the Ryrie Bible. Oh, I have the MacArthur Bible. Oh, I have the Dallas whatever. God says, no, no. If all that was taken away from you, how much of my word have you personally mastered? How much can you, from just your Bible, defend and explain and, and declare what you believe and why? Did you know... That's what Ken Ham with the Answers in Genesis uh, team has found out in all their surveys, that we have a generation of biblically illiterate people in the church today. And that's why it's so pendular. Whatever the newest thing is, they all just, you know, like, like lemmings. They just run after it because they have not personally mastered the Bible. They aren't, they aren't grounded. They're swept with every wave of the newest thing instead of being grounded. And so how do you get grounded? You attend, Timothy, to your personal mastery of God's word, and it doesn't end there. Use the giftedness God gave to you. You know, the snow out here, do you know one of the things of snow? The New York Times just published this, this 
montage of the incredible cylindrical, I didn't even know snowflakes looked like that. I thought they were all flat like doilies. I mean, the unbelievable beauty and symmetry and the intricacy. And we all know that, but we think about if God pays that much attention to water crystals, can you imagine us? We're spiritual snowflakes. There are no two believers exactly alike. There's no two believers with the same selection of, of circumstances, of unchangeable features that God puts into our life, and then he puts spiritual gifting and calling, and all that makes us like a spiritual snowflake. And Timothy, Paul said, use the giftedness that God gave to you. God picked you for something nobody else could do. Do it. Know it. Be what I called you to be, Timothy. And then, two more, verse 15, devote yourself to Christ. There's nothing else that's worth living for. And then never stop regularly examining your own lifestyle, Timothy. Don't coast is what he's saying. Don't think that because you're my son in the faith, because you pastored that big church, because you had Mary the mother of the Lord attending your church and John the apostle attending your church, don't think you can coast. Never stop examining your spiritual life and and making sure that, that you are not letting something slip, letting something go, Make sure you're constantly disciplining yourself for the purpose of godliness.